This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food from Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Azad Mzansi, welcome to another edition of Farmers Inside Track, proudly brought to you by Food for Mzansi. We've got another great agricultural mover and shaker in studio with us today. But if this is the first time you're tuning in, let's begin by introducing ourselves. My name is Ivor Price, and I'm the co-founder of Food for Mzansi, along with Quibus Lawrence. Hi, everybody. As you know, at Food for Mzansi and Farmers Inside Track, we unashamedly salute the unsung heroes of agriculture. But we also wanted to just take a moment to thank you, everybody, the farmers, the agripreneurs, who already got your copies of our new book called For the Love of the Land. It truly was a labor of love, and it's great to see it making waves across the country. You know what, Kerbis, I'm still humbled every time I walk into a bookshop and I see For the Love of the Land alongside great South African fiction. But it's even better hearing from people who bought the book, who read it, who felt inspired by it. So please, um, if you don't have your copy yet, please get your copy of For the Love of the Land available at bookstores nationwide and hit us up on social media. We'd love to hear what you think about the book and the farmers we featured. Now on to today's guest on Farmers Inside Track. This is the story of how a former Johannesburg investment manager started making magic with a farming operation all the way in Boerteval in the Free State. I'm excited to hear what Butkule Jack has to say, not only about the world of farming. I think he's got some practical tips for other up-and-coming farmers, especially around um, partnerships. Wow, Mom, why did you put on this chicken? Well, I was trying a new recipe using grain-filled chickens. Oh, Mom, this is amazing. You can't go wrong with 100% South African farm-quality chicken. With a range of fresh, frozen and marinated products, make grain-filled chickens your number one choice. Grain-filled chickens from the farms of the Free State. Need we say more? If you want quality, ask for Grainfield Chickens at a leading store. Grainfield Chickens, bring home the taste. Visit grainfieldchickens.co.za So, on to today's guest then is Butkuli Jack, the Chief Financial Officer of a farming operation in Boerteville in the Free State. Great having you with us in studio today. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here. So, listen, I went through your CV and I'm just seeing the one qualification after the other. So, I'm going to ask you an awkward question right up front. Yes. Do you ever get your hands dirty? What do you know about agriculture? I come from an agricultural family. Uh, my dad is been in agriculture and farming you know for over 40 years i remember growing up in the eastern cape uh, my father had a farm he had apricots peaches apples pears and livestock on the farm and he used to take us there you know every second week or every month to go stay there you know for the weekend so i've been surrounded by farming farming has been in my blood basically for as long as i can remember even now, my father's got a farm in Western area and farming has been a part of our family forever. You took the long way around to get back to farming. Yes, definitely. So from farming, we moved to Johannesburg. We stopped that and I think I wanted to become a CA and now I'm back where I started in agriculture and in farming. And what is it about agriculture specifically that attracts you? I mean, with your qualifications, you could probably walk into any corporate in this country or anywhere in the world. I think we all decided, look, we need to go back to our love. I'm at a point in my life now where I want to love what I do. Uh, I want to make a difference and I want to change the lives of the people around me. So 
Agriculture is, I think for me, does that. Not only are you providing food for the whole country, but you're also providing employment. You also, obviously, at the end of the day, want to make money. And there is quite a lot of money to be made in agriculture. And there's still a lot of positions open in the sector. So it, it was a no-brainer for us to go back into agriculture. It makes financial sense and it's very fulfilling. So tell us about your agricultural business. So we got back into it about three years ago by luck. There was this, I think the Department of Rural Development had this program where they buy the farm from existing commercial white farmers and they try to partner them up with black agricultural entrepreneurs. There's this gentleman that my father had known for over 20 years. So he wanted him to partner up with him and join this initiative by the department. So we went to go see his farm and his nephew came to sit with us. Um, we're having a braai. So they left for about four hours to go view the farm and what whatnot. And we started having a conversation with the nephew. He is about similar age to us. Started to have a conversation with the nephew that, look, the youth are not involved in farming. Uh, we need to start getting involved. Four hours later, we had made an agreement that we were going to search for a farm and we're going to start a business, business that we're going to run our own way and farm what we want to farm, but we are going to be in charge of the business. That's how it started three years ago. So your story is very closely linked to the Van Yerden family story, the Jack family story on the one hand, your family, and then the Van Yerdens yes. on the other side. It's a younger generation farming, or even though on both sides of the family, yes. your parents are farmers. Tell us about the specific roles. Who's all involved in Ameline? So Ameline is quite a unique partnership because the younger generation decided, look, let's do this. But obviously we're not in a financial position to go out and get a loan of 40 million of whatever the case is that it costs to get you know, a commercial farm up and running. You know, our parents were more than happy to support us in this venture financially with you know the wisdom that they've learned throughout the 40-odd years that they've been farming. So I'm in it with my brother. We're both directors, and Peter Van Yerden Jr. is also a director there. I'm the CFO. I oversee the financial side of the business. My brother is the business development officer of the company, and Peter is the COO making sure that the operations of the farm work. The partnership is beautiful. It works perfectly. The Fangildens being the technical aspect and the know-how and you know the wisdom of over 40 years of farming. And we bring the business side of it, applying for the grants, looking for refinancing or applying for loans and getting the water license. Was All of those things were up to us. You need definitely need both sides because if you're a good farmer, but you're not a good businessman, farming is not just farming. I really believe that farming is entrepreneurship because you're starting from scratch and you're trying to build some wealth and value. So I think it's important to have both elements and we, we complement each other very well in that regard, business and actual expertise. On the operational side, it's yourself and your brother and Peter, no? Yes. So you guys, are, you're all sort of mid-30s around? Yes. Do you actually get along or is this just a business relationship? No, we definitely get along. We are actually, we're friends, which is, I think, very important because if you're going to have to talk to someone every day or work with someone for the next, who knows, we obviously trying to build a legacy here that is going to serve our children, our grandchildren. You're stuck with this person for the rest of your life. But yes, we definitely are friends. We have the same interests. We watch the same sports. 
definitely don't listen to the same music, but um, <laughs> we know the same things. He knows what's happening in hip hop, and you know, if we go into a concert, it's like, oh, you're going to Jay Z. Uh, you must enjoy, my friend. We are definitely friends. I think that's very important. How do you differ, though? It sounds like a Van Yerden and a Jack. It sounds like you come from different worlds. We definitely come from different worlds. But like I said, I think in South Africa now, the youth, there are differences, but they're not as vast as they were, for example. Obviously, he, you know, he's got his own friends. He does his own things. He listens to his own music. The vision that we have for the farm is exactly the same. We want to empower the community, want to empower ourselves, want to empower our family. So I think once you have the same vision, goals, then your personalities will not get in the way of, of how the business should operate. So listen, I'm an Afrikaans boy myself, actually. And the one thing I know about Afrikaans people, especially hearing the name Peter van Yerden, is that they like Afrikaans agricultural TV shows. Do you get to sit down with him to watch some of these shows? Definitely not, but there's a show that he did introduce us to called Abur Sukafro. I actually watched a couple of episodes. It's quite entertaining. So now we always laugh about those things. Um, so he'll listen to some music. I'm like, I don't know what this is. Like, I don't. Um, <laughs> we are similar in, in a lot of aspects. We definitely have, you know, some similarities, but some differences. But I think that's why it's going to work. We do definitely have the same vision and the same goals for the business and the operation. Do you have any practical things that you do, you know, that you've learned to do over the past three years to, to keep on the same page and to ensure that you keep the same vision in mind just in your day-to-day -day operations? We talk every day. Uh, we have a WhatsApp group. For example, if something's bothering him, call and say, my friend, what do you think about this? And then I'll say, I think that's a great idea. Maybe we can do it this way. So we talk openly. There's a level of trust that we have built that he feels that there's something that's bothering him. He must definitely say it. And that, that goes to everyone involved within the business. There's no dishonesty or hiding things. I think we believe in everything must be on the table. If I don't agree that this must happen or he thinks something we should do, plan something else or go this direction we discuss it until we agree that this is the you know the direction that the company should go so but like i said if both parties are passionate and have the same vision and you write down those visions and you agree that this is where we'd like to see the company in three years five years ten years then it's easier to stick to the plan because the plan is written down as opposed to you know just winging it so we do have a plan. We are all on board of what we want to do with regards to expanding and what we're going to plant next and how to increase the value of the farm. Those are all things that we've agreed beforehand and talk about every day. So I think it's easier to just be honest, put all the cards on the table, write it down in a shareholders agreement, in emails, and that should keep all parties in check, if you will. So I have no doubt that you have also agreed on the vision for Ameline, your farming operation in the free state. What's your vision? What do you want to achieve? And do you sometimes feel that the dream is too big? It might scare you. No, I'm a big dreamer. Two years ago, we went to Nampu. And, you know, when you drive in there, you just see all those jets. There's like 30, 40 jets. So we cracked a joke that, you know, that would be us. We'll each have a jet each. <laughs> we definitely, I see our farming operation, Ameline, being a mega farming um, operation. We're semi-commercial. We're doing quite well. But every year, we want to improve. Every year, we want to 
increase the value of our investment. Farming for me, it's, it's the same as entrepreneurship. You want to take an idea, you want to take business and continually improve it by expanding and expanding. So definitely the dream is that we will become mega farmers. We want to own the whole value chain from the beginning. You know, I'm talking about soil preparation, fertilizers, all the way to the market. So we want to, you know, build state-of-the-art equipment and uh, facilities on our farm. We'd also like to get involved in the market and, you know, the name Emmeline with branded, um, you know, potato bags. So we, we do definitely have, you know, a five to ten year plan and it's huge. We definitely do not shy away from the fact that it, it's a huge dream. We believe that it, it will happen. You know, the community that surrounds us is a poor community. Two farms that were in the area went under and a lot of people there are unemployed and you can see it, you know, in the community. The school is quite poor. So we want to be involved. We want the name Emmeline to mean the community, to mean that, you know, the kids there are going to have school clothes and shoes. The community, we're going to employ as many people as we can. We're going to support the community, you know, Christmas and Easter and things like that. So we definitely want to change the lives of the community around us and in turn change our lives uh, because we are youth you know we don't have money but we we were hoping that in 10 years time we'll become you know wealthy agricultural entrepreneurs who in turn can help other uh, up-and-coming agricultural entrepreneurs in the area or anywhere else in the country the agricultural community isn't always positively viewed by communities and, and by many South Africans. What do you think about that? And is there anything you would like to, that you think people should actually take notice of? I mean, most definitely you hear stories of a farmer paying their workers in alcohol and, you know, things like that, food. And those obviously were linked to, you know, the apartheid era. And I think now it's changing. Like I said, I, I always like referring to farmers as agricultural entrepreneurs as opposed to, you know, farmer. Because the term farmer is it's got a negative connotation. But agricultural entrepreneur is someone who's who's hustling, who's trying to make a living, whether it be cattle or crops or whatever the case is. So I think back in the days um farmers used to pay their workers below minimum wage. They would, you know, pay you share stories that they pay them in alcohol, they Farm workers have to travel from afar to come to the farm, but we're trying to change that. We, with the money that we, you know, we, we've applied for from the department, are going to build our workers' houses to stay there, take the kids to school, pay them decent, you know, wages, even above minimum wage. We're also hoping that we can, you know, set aside some land so that they can farm that land and we sell, you know, the produce for them or they can sell it themselves. Um, so you want to empower your workers. I always believe in. If your workers feel like they are part of the operation or the business, they will go far beyond um, the expectation that they have to work 18-hour days for that week of harvesting. They will do it because they know that there's something in it for themselves as well and for their families. So you treat your workers extremely well. You know, they go back to the community and they tell, oh, no, you know, we get treated so well that we've actually, you know, with this harvest, we're all made a million rand and you know we split it and those stories the positive stories that i think need to come out of agriculture and those are the stories that will encourage you know the communities and everyone else to actually 
get into you know agriculture and be agricultural entrepreneurs because we definitely need more agricultural entrepreneurs in South Africa. So our listeners will only get to hear this in 2020, but at the time of recording at this moment, there's a big public outrage about a white farmer who beat a black sangoma to death and it's just yes. brought up um, um, a lot of the feelings that people are feeling towards many people are f- seem to be feeling about um, especially white commercial farmers and the agricultural industry what would be your message to south africans in this moment i mean this thing happened i think yesterday two days ago there's this narrative that white farmers are getting killed in south africa and people are saying that now it's actually the opposite the white farmers that are killing i mean there were those two farmers that killed that small boy for stealing sunflower or of that sort. And th- that is changing because farming in South Africa has progressed. Farmers know that they can't live in silos. They don't live in silos. For example, you know, our partners work very extremely well uh, with their workers. The, a lot of farmers now have accepted the fact that they can't do this alone. Government, I think, has done quite well to to make you know these farmers rely on making partnerships and and the department, whether it is getting water, ESCOM, getting grants. So it's important that the farmers, I think, they know now that in order for them to survive, they need to come to the party and and accept the diversity that is farming. There's a lot of up and coming black farmers now, and you know in the farming community, you definitely need to partner up and collaborate in order to 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 succeed so look it's it's not going to happen overnight there will still be you know racial tensions and this infighting but i think it it is coming to an end as the younger generation are coming up you know in the farming community and the older generation who lived a certain way certain racist way if you will are stepping aside and you know the children who are more accepting who are more liberal educated in in how to live together they are taking their place now um, and things are getting better. I mean, obviously, we still have a long way as a country, as the agricultural community, but, you know, talking like this and bringing these issues to light and um, making sure that everyone comes to the table and getting answers and solutions on how we can tackle this problem, I think is the only way that it can happen. It's a tough conversations that we need to have but they need to happen otherwise nothing is going to change so what's your message to south africans in this exact moment as somebody that actually works in the agricultural industry people are seem to be very upset and um, there's the risk of divisions just flaring up again uh you know racism is definitely out there and racial divide but i remember when we won the world cup and we were all celebrating as one one country and you know you got people who say no, but there's still racism. Look, there, there definitely is still racism. There's racism in America. There's racism in almost every country that you go to. But also the positive, the positive aspect of it also needs to the narrative needs to be told. My partners, Africans, we we don't have you know any racial tensions. You know, I used to be on a board of a, co- a cooperative with older Africans males. You know, sometimes the meetings would be in Afrikaans and we'd sit there and I'd be thinking, what is happening? <laughs> so look, we've got a long way to go, but we need to go. We can't say, no, racism exists and nothing can be done about it and stay in one position. Even if it's a little bit by little bit, we need to push forward, kick the can down the road. In five years' time, the can will be way over there. If you just leave the can and say, no, look, this is not going to happen. Racism is here to stay. I don't believe in that. Um, I believe... You know, my little brother, my little sister, they, 
started school with white friends. By the time they, in 20 years' time, by the time they, where we are now, or they run the country, I strongly believe that racism will not be as strong as it was 20 years back, 30 years back. The youth of today are very liberal. Um, yes, they, they, they're still racist, you know, young people, but not as many as they were during, you know, 1960. Uh, so like I said, it's, just, it's important to kick the can forward, uh, even if it's a little bit by little bit. Um, like I said, in 20 years' time, it will be way further and than it is now. So, yes, it's important to, to raise the fact that South Africa is still a racist, r- racially divided country, but it's also important to do everything in our power to make sure that that narrative will, uh, changes. You guys have obviously got a lot going for you in your partnership, the, your parents' backing and all the different experiences um, coming together and also the strong vision for the future. Um, has it been easy so far? What have the challenges been? It's definitely not been easy. Um, it's extremely difficult to get into um, agricultural entrepreneurship uh, in this country. Obviously, I think for the past couple of years, you know, the land issue has been on everyone's top of the agenda. It's extremely important. So just if you look at the cycle of getting entrepreneurship in agriculture up and running, so obviously you need funding, you need land, um, you need partnerships that you know will enable you to get fertilizers and then you need seedlings and crops and you need the expertise, you need tractors, you need center pivots. If you're lucky enough to have gotten that far, you know, you, you need water, uh, so water license. So for us, the journey has taken three years. We are finally there. You know, it takes a year to get a water license. It takes two years for Land Bank to approve your your application government even longer because the ministries change every six months (laughs) so it's extremely difficult and uh, you know i know the new president has said this that he wants to change the process agricultural entrepreneur would have to go through it is extremely expensive you know even for to do cattle farming it's millions you can't do it with 200,000 rand which is what sometimes these agencies give you they'll give you 250,000 rand and say go ahead and prosper. <laughs> uh, but it is extremely difficult, but it's possible. In the three years that we have been doing this operation, we are now fully running. I'm in a position to advise, you know, other young entrepreneurs, agricultural entrepreneurs of how to go about it uh, in terms of the partnerships that you must form, who you need to go to first, um, how you can get around the you know, one-year water license um, issues, should you rent, should you buy. So there's those things that I wish would would be out there so that before agricultural entrepreneur goes into this journey, they know exactly what not to do. It's a smoother ride. It's an easier journey. Sounds almost like you're volunteering your expertise, maybe for farmers inside track. Uh, I'm very passionate um, about getting young farmers in the industry we definitely need it. Um, there's a lot of young agricultural entrepreneurs doing things now with drones and there's this urban farming you know, phenomenon that is coming up. So the, the sector as a whole can definitely benefit from 10,000 young agricultural entrepreneurs entering the market. Uh, so I'm actually busy now with my MBA thesis. Um, I'm hoping that I can come with some sort of a m- model that will assist um, agriculture. You know, it's just like when they tell you if you want to become a doctor, you need to go to the school, 
do this for seven years, then you do internship here, and then you become a doctor. I definitely, we didn't know three years ago what to do to become where we are now. And some agricultural entrepreneurs that I've spoken to also don't know what to do. So I think it, it's time that government, also other stakeholders, come together to help so that if 21-year-old, you know, enthusiastic youth wants to get involved and has passion for it, can be plugged into the economy and so that they don't have to struggle. So look, it's been amazing having you in studio and I'm sure you want to get back to making money and I really appreciate your time. But to use a, a spiritual example, as a potato farmer, you obviously need to have a lot of faith to, to, to survive yes. and, and flourish. How important is that um, in your game? So I've interviewed a couple of farmers and you know they say you, you either need to be crazy to become a farmer or an agricultural entrepreneur or you need to have faith. So I mean we've come from the worst drought I think we've had in a while. I think it was 2015, 2016 and even now I mean in Cape Town past couple of years have not been great northern cape so drought is still around so you need faith and you need to persevere you need to know what your end goal is and also just have the ability to pivot because if you are a dry land farmer and it's not raining you can't just sit there and you know you try something else i had a friend who you know it wasn't working out and he started breeding pigs from the you know rotten maize and stuff he fed the pigs that and now he's a pig farmer because it wasn't working out to the maize and so he pivoted and took you know the maize that he couldn't sell to people because it wasn't raining fed it to his pigs now he's a pig farmer so that's why i like the term agriculture entrepreneur you need to be streetwise you need to hustle so definitely you need faith you need to the ability to have foresight to oversee that this is not working let me go this way hence i said in the beginning you know of the podcast that it's important to have mentors uh, to mentor you um, through the process because a lot of young people have ideas that you know the older generation would, would not have th thought of uh, so it's important i think to have faith it's definitely going to work out. Look, I mean, we're three years in now and things are going well. And um, I think they're going to continue in this manner. So that brings us to the end of today's edition of Farmers Inside Track. It was great having you in studio and thank you for doing what you're doing, but also being an inspiration to other young farmers and agripreneurs. Thank you for having me. Um, as long as I'm in the sector, um, I'd love to learn more and contribute what I've learned um, to whoever would like me to contribute. And Quibus will definitely invite him to be part of our Farmers Inside Track events happening all over the country, part of Food for Mzansi. Farmers and agripreneurs who want to join our Farmers Inside Track free membership program, the best way to do that is to go to farmersinsidetrack.co.za and follow the instructions there to sign up. It means you get a free weekly newsletter containing most of what you need to know for that week. It makes your life as an agripreneur uh, quite a bit easier. You can also join us on um, WhatsApp. The instructions for doing that is also on either foodformzanzi.co.za or farmersinsidetrack.co.za. Until next time, goodbye. You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.